My amigo, my friend, my Thomas. And my compadre. Oh, you're such a friend. You're such a good man. People don't know how you look after me. Do they know that? I look after him. He's a frail young man. Yes, I do. He needs a lot of tending too. You know, it's kind of like Chauncey Gardner. That's he right. needs a lot of gardening. That's hmm. right, buddy. Now look, Wallet Hub, it's a website. They do travel stuff and everything. They just found out which state in the whole United States has less stress, the people with the less stress in that state. They use these factors, Thomas, before you give me an answer. They use money problems, family trouble, divorce rates, work stress meaning unemployment and the commute, health issues, depression rates. What state, that being said, do you think had the less stress of all the 50 states? You know, I had enough time to Google, oh, but God. I didn't. I didn't cheat. All right, all right. But I'm just going to pull this out of my yin-yang, uh-huh. and we all know how painful that can be. I'm going to go with Mississippi Yippee-I-A. You couldn't be more. What would make you say that? Wait, what did you say? Least the least stressed. Oh, the least oh. stressful. Oh, okay. Let's go with Hawaii. Nope. I'll give you two more guesses. California. Nope. New Mexico. No. Bing, 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 bing. You get no. Let's turn all the cards over. The answer is Minnesota. Minnesota. Come for the culture. Stay because your car won't start. Oh, my gosh. And you know, it's right next door to Fargo. That's right. Pronounced Minnesota. Now, that's a tough state. I never would really have guessed that, you know, because it's the moment you realize your snowblower gets more action than you do. That's the kind of state that is, pal. <laughs> really? You know, that's the kind of place when it's above 20 degrees two days in a row, they're all saying, hey, it's a warm off. Let's go it's outside. It's balmy. Let's go play. Let's go play in the sun. Now, this is a state that has four stages of winter, denial, anger, depression, and April. And even April's not guaranteed. Conversely, what do you think is the most stressful state? Okay. All right. Because of all those economic factors? Yes. I'm assuming that my previous answer was probably mistaken. So let's go. No, 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 no. You said Mississippi, right? Yeah. They were the third worst. They were the third worst. Yep. Okay. Number one in the South? Yep. Okay. Would it be Alabama? No. They have the big auto plant. Come on. Come on, Tom. And they got that great football team. That's right. Would it be... Come on, work with me here. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. There's a big party there every year. A big party? Yep. Deep in the heart of Texas. No, a big party. Okay. Every year there's a big party in this state. Oh, Louisiana. Yep. Mardi Gras. That, I don't know why. That I guess there's some stressful people outside of New Orleans. And the second most stressful state is it's where the Beverly Hillbillies came from. Oh, <laughs> of course. That West, would be West Virginia. That's right. Yeah. There's some stress going on there. But All in the cold. words of John Denver, it is almost heaven. Right. Our hat's off to Minnesota. I don't know if I could go up. I've never been. Have you been to Minnesota? I've been to Minnesota, but I couldn't tell you where. Right. At least I think I've been to Minnesota. Uh, the farthest north I ever got in that area was uh, Windsor, Ontario. I've been to Oklahoma. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. I have too. And I've been to Louisiana. And I've also been to West Virginia. Oh. With a banjo on my knee. knee. Tom and Mike. Now let me ask you, my friend, when you went into your beautiful home, did Karen spend a lot of time decorating it? Did you have a decorator or did she do it all herself? Well, we built our home. Right. 
And over the years, we've had decorators, yes. That's kind of what your wife does, right? Right. She used to do interior design, but now she's more special. She does kitchen design. Now, let me ask you this. When Karen puts things together, does she put any thought into it? Like where a chair goes, where where a mirror goes? Meticulous. Well, I'm talking about the art of feng shui. Oh, oh, in that regard. No, I don't think she's a feng shui kind of person. Uh, Do you know what feng shui is? Yes, everything must be placed appropriately for the right coordination with the planets. Well, it's the ancient Chinese practice of managing the flow of energy through spatial arrangements. How about that? That's your encyclopedic description? Yes, I wrote it down. Uh, You wrote it down off the Google machine. Now, Chinese came up with this. Fen means wind and shui means water. And both these things are good luck in Chinese tradition. But you didn't know that. What does Mugu Gaipan mean? <laughs> Sauce on side, right? Sauce on side. Now, if you f- translate feng shui into English, it means put your husband's crap in the garage. I like it. You know, I spend a lot of time fixing my feng shui in my shorts. You ever have that problem? Oh, and you know, when those crawly things are down there, that's really bad. Right. Those crawly things. <laughs> That's when you have bad feng shui shorts. Right. (laughs) And a bad girlfriend. But, you know, people really believe in this stuff. And actually, there's realtors in California where the really hotty-totty people live that realtors are specializing in feng shui. And people only come to buy houses where they put everything in the right position, where the mirror goes, things like that. Did you know that? I wonder if where the house is located on the lot. Makes exactly. Any, makes any difference. It does? Yes. Where the front door is, where the back door is. And what if the lot you're trying to sell can only position a house in a bad feng shui place? <laughs> well, for me and you, it wouldn't mean a damn thing. But for people that are into this thing. So they- tell me, what is the good feng shui with the way a house is pointed? Toward the sun, with the alignment to the moon. You know, believe but me. The that. house could be, you know, uh, facing the sun in the morning. And sun in the evening, or it could be partial sun. It could be, as long as the sun is up above, I mean, what's the problem? I don't know. You put your green plants in the bedroom, wind chimes over the door, and a bed, put a fortune cookie in it. That's what I would do, right? Yeah, yeah, and drive your neighbors crazy with those wind chimes. Now, they say where you put a mirror is very important. I say it's bad if you put a mirror directly over the toilet. You never did that, did you? I'm trying to think. (laughs) No, I don't think I ever actually watched myself pee. You know, people get all excited about feng shui until they find out it isn't food. Initially, when I heard that term, I did. I thought it was some kind of Chinese dish. Yeah. You're not a feng shui person. I'm not a feng shui person. How about Claire? No. No? No. Well, you know, although... Maybe things would be better for us if we were. Think about that, really. Maybe, Maybe I'll move my microphone toward the sun. There you go. There you go. Tom and Mike. Does your wife like to shop? Yes. So does mine. You know. You say that very auspiciously. (laughs) Well, they found out, they did a little study, and they found out that men get bored of shopping within 24 minutes, while women (laughs) didn't show any signs of slowing down after a good two hours. And there's reasons why women love to shop. Number one, they like to show off with their new outfits and stuff. It's all about the fashion. They're very fascist conscious, so they have to get the newest things in fashion. Fashion! Shopping is (laughs) therapy. Shopping is therapy for them. Number four, there's always a sale. And number five, women are material girls. They indeed love to have the things that are new, and they just have to have them. 
Is that like your wife? Yeah, but she's doing more and more shopping online where, you know, I'm hearing the doorbell ring all day and it's <laughs> the UPS guy, right? Well, I wonder who she takes after with that. Oh, I don't know. You know, women say whoever said that money doesn't buy happiness doesn't know where the hell to shop. That's what they That's say. That's right. And Madison Avenue's done a great job in cultivating this because they know how to target women, saying it's a very liberating way to act on one's own desires. And women believe this stuff, Thomas. They do? Uh, Some women do. Men go shopping to buy what they want. Women go shopping to find out what they want. You knew that, didn't you? I think I did. (laughs) (laughs) Only two things can ever change a woman's mood. When you say, you're right and I was wrong, or 50% discount. Or the... Rapper's Delight, that would be the 50-cent discount. Is your wife like mine? When she goes shopping, she gets tired of shopping, she'll sit down and try on shoes. I don't think I've actually experienced that, but one of her favorite stores is that high-end department store, Nordstrom. She can spend hours in that store, and I can't get her to come out. I know. My wife says she could give up shopping, but she's not a quitter, so she's doing it. (laughs) Right? I like that. Oh, man, I'll tell you. So, I don't know. I mean, no wonder you don't have any money. (laughs) <laughs> now, my wife, she doesn't buy expensive things. Every now and then she'll get a, a blouse or a sweater for work. And she does like shoes. You know, right now she's doing stuff with the house. You know, she'll buy a coffee table and then she'll do something else. You know what amazed me when I came to your house? I was really surprised because she's a kitchen designer. Right. And my kitchen was terrible. <laughs> well, it just didn't have any updates. You didn't, you didn't have any granite, stuff like that. How can she live with herself? I guess it's the kind of thing where, you know, you don't bring your work home, literally, right? Right. But no, you're, you had a nice kitchen, but it just needed some updates. Oh, brother. Wait till I tell her that. No, she's oh, not going to be Lord. happy with me. Oh, that Tom gonna... Kent, tell him to mind his own business. I can hear her now. When she gets home, first thing I say, listen to this podcast. Oh. And where can they find that podcast? What's this world coming to dot com? And by the way, Mike. Yes, my friend. That address again is what's this world coming to dot com. And in case you didn't get that one more time, <laughs> and it's your turn, Mike. What's this world coming to dot com? Tom and Mike. Now, let me ask you, my good friend, are you a curious person? I am so curious. Newspapers every day. I actually get the ink on my hands. Who does that? Mm, you. Yeah, you don't do that. Mr. Non-Technology, you don't uh, even do that. You get everything me. online. Believe just like me. everybody else. Hey, you just got to be like everybody else. Before the internet, back in those old days, I used to get five newspapers a day. Five. Philadelphia at one time had five daily papers. Believe that. And now they're down to two. But anyway, yeah, I had ink all the time. I had to wash my hands continually. Anyway, they found out that curiosity makes people more intelligent. They found out when curiosity is stimulated, there's an increased activity in the brain circuit related to reward. And curiosity motivates learning. And when people are highly curious to find out answers, they were better at learning that information. No kidding. And you know what? There's another statistic I bet you didn't know about also. What's that? People that generally are not curious people are who? Come on. This is called deconstructing a joke. Are you ready? Yeah. People who are the least curious are cat people because curiosity, punchline. Kill the cat. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Is that genius of me or what? Oh, you set that up, buddy. I hit it right I did. I said, it's called deconstructing a joke. There's a bit there somewhere. We should do that. We have a big production. We go into it. 
and it's called deconstructing the joke. And we take people all the way through deconstructing. You know how they deconstruct food? Yep. And then the people can figure out the punchline. Is that genius? It is, buddy. You, I don't, you're in the wrong. You, you know, man, I'm in the wrong profession. You, you know, be, you this head be, is just too big <laughs> for this radio. That's you, all I got to say. You should be behind a desk at NASA, or you should be, behind, <laughs> or in the in the Oval Office. One of those two. We're wasting. You know, just a tinge of sarcasm there. I think you might be able to make your point. Look, I want people to remember this. A lot of people saw an apple fall from the tree, but it was my boy, Isaac Newton, who asked why, right? That Isaac. And now all these hundreds of years later, we still talk about him, right? That's right. But uh, let's deconstruct gravity now. What do you think? (laughs) You know, true knowledge is knowing that you know nothing at all. That's my curiosity. That's right. We don't know what we don't know. Again, we're going to say it one more time, the Google machine. You can get anything you want answered. Do you think almost sometimes we can, all of us here in this country, have gotten to the point we actually have too much information and all the information that we have is not really making us smarter. Yeah, you probably have a point there, buddy. That's why you got that big head of yours. And it's being wasted on radio. It's getting deep in here. It is. I hope you're wearing your waders today. Do you ever have trouble finding a hat that fits that head? I do have a big head. I mean, physically, I have a big head. You know, it's not quite Tony Robbins. <laughs> He's got a big noggin. But I have physically, I, have a, I wear an extra large hat. All right. And all the listeners out there are going, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> no oh, shut up. Tom and Mike. Do you know why divorce is harder on men than women? I think divorce is hard on anybody. But First, I think ultimately men, we think we're all that, but we're really much more sensitive and tender than a woman could ever be because a woman gives birth to a baby. You know, that is the boot camp to life right there because men could never do that, right? Yeah. Well, this statistic kind of surprised me. They say that women are much more likely to initiate divorce. 70% of all divorces are initiated by women. Did you think that would be that high? No, but maybe I misunderstood your premise in the beginning. Well, no, I just said, why is divorce harder on men? Oh, okay, okay. So, all right, I got it. So, yeah, no, I would think that because women are tougher. Right. Well, men are more likely to say they're troubled by the wife's disinfaction, but dis in what? Di- dis in fat- What's happened when a woman's not happy? She's dissatisfied, right? Dissatisfied. Right. See, so you're making fun of the way I talk. No, but there. No, I, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. <laughs> I know, but more men are happy, even though they feel their wife's in that problem. They're, they're happy to live that way. Women aren't. They want to get out. But here's something that's really shocking. Men commit suicide at a rate 12 times higher than women within five years of a divorce. When I hear this, I say, all right, guys, time to put on your big boy pants. Come on, get back in the game, right? Get back in the game sooner than later. Well, here's the five reasons why it's harder for men. Men skip the grieving process. You need the heel to grow. Number two, men's health declines drastically. Weight fluctuations, disease, insomnia, anxiety, depression, Three, men lose their identity. Boy, they're not too real guys with self We're a mess, aren't we? <laughs> men rush into relationships, a rebound, not giving time to, to grieve. And number five, men miss the children because, let's face it, women get the children most of the time. But there so, is an upside to, you know, divorce, I suppose. If you're a man, you get to leave the toilet lit up all the time. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look at the silver lining in those clouds. That's what I say. Or you put on a good face and say, hey, divorce, who needs furniture anyway, right? That's right. <laughs> furniture then, way overrated, don't you think? Right. There ain't no sunshine when she's gone. I know, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Ain't no psychotic emotional outbursts either, is there? I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, men said there's three things in a bad marriage. An engagement ring, a wedding ring, and suffering. <laughs> but we're never ever to go through that, are we? Oh, gosh, never say never. Never say never. We've been married for a long time, but hey, a lot of people... Get married at the end of the rainbow, right before you get the pot of gold. And guess who gets the pot of gold? The woman. Hello, McFly. Tom and Mike. Interesting study from the University of Montreal, where they put a Fitbit on 100 couples, right? And they wanted to see how many calories they burned while having sex. Now, men burn 100 calories during a sex session, where women only burn 68. See, we're doing all the heavy lifting. (laughs) Well, that's right, because men weigh more than women, and they use more energy. Yeah, we're fatter. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, I told my wife about the study. She said, you shouldn't look so smug. (laughs) You just burned up one calorie. (laughs) Well, you really don't do anything, do you? Listen to this, pal. So 100 calories, that doesn't sound like a lot. If you remove her clothes with her consent, it's only six calories. But without her consent, 1,100 calories. That's a very bad joke. Joe Biden told me that one. Undoing her bra, both hands, eight calories. With your foot, a thousand calories. Well, I don't like where you're going here, but okay, continue. Missionary position, 228 calories. The Italian chandelier, 2,900. Don't ask. (laughs) You have some crazy things going on over your hacienda there. (laughs) Here's what I want to know. How many calories, if I'm just watching, I'm asking for a friend. If you're just watching. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want to think about that. How hard does it, um, well, no, I don't want to ask that question. They say during sex, you can burn as much as calories as running for five miles. Who the hell wants to run five miles in 30 seconds, right? (laughs) That's right, buddy. All right, enough of my love life. So anyway, if you're thinking about burn off calories by having sex, I don't know if I want to, you know, be in that relationship. Do you? Ixnay on that relationship, skay. Right. That's why I can never lose all this baby weight. I don't do it right, I guess. I guess not. Tom and Mike.